light of infinite. At my weekly fire on the beach, some friends asked me to set an intention and give a blessing. I said, may we hold on to the fear and the ego that protects us and let go of the fear and ego that could destroy us. Instead, turning negativity into positivity. That captures the spirit of this Torah portion in a nutshell. King Solomon writes in Mishle in Proverbs that whatever a person pictures in their minds has the power to happen. Our power to draw down blessings is tied into the faith that colors our beings as vessels to receive. The law of attraction is simple yet profound. Positive thoughts bring positivity into a person's life. And since the opposite is also true, it's that much more important to paint the pictures that rest in our subconscious with positive brushstrokes. It's wild to think that only about 3% of our brain processes our conscious, our thoughts, ideas, understandings, and our decisions, while the other 97% is used for subconscious and automatic functions. Our habits and beliefs also fall under that 97%, which Kabbalistically is tied to the Nefesh HaBe'ami, our animal soul, and it illustrates how powerful our subconscious mind is. The 3% also corresponds to the three intellectual powers of Chochmah, Bina, and Dad, translated as wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, which are an acronym for the word Chabad. The Chabad of the Nefesh HaSichli, the intellectual soul, is the conscious intermediary soul less subjective than the nefesh ha-behemid, the animal soul, and not as transcendent as the nefesh ha-elokit, the godly soul. In this way, the nefesh ha-sichlit is the bridge between the nefesh ha-elokit, which desires self-nullification towards a complete union with Hashem, and the nefesh ha-behemid, which desires only its own self-gratification. We need to use the intellect, the nefesh ha-sichlit, to color our subconscious toward good, because even when our intentions in our conscious thoughts and ideas are for the best, our subconscious can sabotage them. The reason for this is because our subconscious doesn't actually work with reason or logic, but with images and emotions. So if we understand in any given situation that there's nothing to be afraid of, but our subconscious mind pulls from past images stored in our subconscious mind, we will feel afraid nevertheless. Since the part of our brain in the back that our subconscious mind sits in takes up more than the part in the front that colors our consciousness, we need to be that much more careful to replace negative imagery with positivity. This is what will balance our conscious and subconscious and bring us closer to a space of tranquility, which brings blessings. May God bless you and keep watch over you. May God make his presence enlighten you and grant you grace. May God direct his providence toward you and grant you peace. This week's parasha, Naso, teaches us about blessings. My favorite of all the blessings is the verse that I just read. I say it every Friday night to my sons, Dovi and Moshe, as I place my hands on their heads. I meditate on the meaning of the words and my love for them as I kiss their foreheads. The blessing is also known as the Birkat Kohanim, the priestly blessings, which has been performed since biblical times. It's said that this day during the Musaf Tefillah, the additional prayer on Shabbat and holidays, the Leviim, the Levites in the congregation, wash the hands of the Kohanim the priest, and then the chazan, the cantor, leads them through the blessing in a call and response. As we read, let them place my name upon the children of Israel and I shall bless them. It's a beautiful ritual and the power within it is beyond comprehension. The blessing is also known as nisiat kapayim, the lifting of the hands. The first time this was done was the day that the tabernacle was inaugurated in the desert. The priests spread out their fingers and the divine light flowed through them into the sanctuary and onto the children of Israel. It's important to note that 
what we learn through all these verses is that the blessings come from Hashem. But when we are together as a community, a minyan, a group of ten or more, Hashem's blessings come through the koanim to the congregation. The koanim and the community cover themselves in their talit so as to not see each other's faces. It's a halakha, a religious law. That it's forbidden to look at the koanim's face while they're blessing because, again, the blessings are not from the koanim, but from Hashem, whose presence comes into the community through them. God tells Moshe, speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, this is how you must bless the Jewish people. Emor lahem, say to them. Scripture uses the word emor, evoking the ten sayings with which the world was created. In the Kutelachot, Rabnata explains that when Hashem created the world, his blessings were placed within his sayings. So that when God instructed Aaron and his sons to recite their Birkat Kohanim, he said, say to them, extend those blessings that were already put into the world in potential so that they can become actual. Even in the Garden of Eden, where there were all sorts of plants, there wasn't rainfall until Adam prayed for it. As it was Adam's responsibility to ask Hashem for blessings to fall, it's the same with us. Often the clouds get dark, and it seems as though the blessings have halted. But it is just then, when we pray, the blessings will pour and the sky will clear. We have to continue to pray to turn any pesha, sin, into shefa, flow of abundance. And this is done when we pray from the heart with love, asking for what we may not even deserve, much like a child to their parent. Last week, we touched on our interconnectedness in Rabbi Nachman's story that illustrates how important it is to pray for your friend in need so that you do not become an obstacle for their potential to receive blessings. The three blessings of the Birkat Kornim break down into three nikudot, points of godliness. The first, may God bless you, corresponding to receiving a point of godliness from a tzaddik, a righteous teacher. The hope is that the one being blessed will receive the godliness that comes through a tzaddik's neshama, the godly soul, brought down into his teachings and writings. In Chassidut, the tzaddik is the channel for all blessings, since all bounty flows through the sefira of Yesod, which corresponds to the tzaddik. Receiving the second blessing, may God shine his countenance upon you, Ya'er Hashem panavelecha v'yichuneka, corresponds to receiving your friend's points of godliness. Every person has a special nikudah, a point of light within them that another does not. Each is unique and tied to the person's neshama, their soul. This is why it is in Jewish tradition to primarily learn with a chavruta, a partner, because each person's understanding of the Torah is different, and it's only through each other that we can come to the ultimate truth. The second blessing corresponds to your friend, since whatever love develops between people reveals more of God's countenance in the world. The third blessing, may Hashem lift His favorable countenance to you and establish peace for you. Yaseh Hashem panavelecha ve'yasem lecha shalom corresponds to receiving the benefit of one's own nikuda, point of godliness, which when developed properly brings inner peace. We read at the end of Shemona Asrei this silent prayer, Birkat Mazon, Grace After Meals, and in Mourner's Kaddish, may the one who makes peace on his high heavens make peace upon us and upon all of Israel. Amen. We are begging Hashem to place peace upon us so that we could be faithfully and unquestionably satisfied with whatever we are granted. It's in this space of satiation that we can be at peace and without feelings of anger, jealousy, and resentment. As we read in Pirkei Avot, where the Maral explains that Ben Zoma describes a rich person in terms of their personality and faith as one who is happy with their lot. People think that material wealth brings security, but often it brings the opposite. It's actually an inner feeling of gratitude and faith that what we are granted is what we actually need. 
the feeling that because of that, we actually lack for nothing. It's the appreciation of what one has and the enjoyment of the tranquil feeling that comes from feeling faithful and appreciative. The person in this mindset is a person who is truly rich. When we tap into the realization of peace, as it's written in the Pasuk, the verse, Hashem makes peace on high, by rebutting the angel's argument that we may not deserve Hashem's favor, in this way we can read the verse as, May the one who makes peace on his high, by quieting the angels, do so first by placing peace upon us and upon all of Israel. As we see through these psukim, these verses, that our blessings are tied to our acceptance and love of what we receive. When we appreciate our lot, it establishes inner peace that draws further blessings into the vessels of our being, since our vessel is primed properly for receiving. The blessing that precedes the Birkat Kohanim reads, And he commanded us to bless his people Israel with love. This blessing is mentioned in the Gemara in the Talmud, where Chazal say that you should always choose someone who is generous to say the blessings over wine for Kiddush and Abdallah. The Marsha stresses the importance and significance of love throughout these blessings, as it's written in Mishle, the generous man will be blessed. The Hebrew Yivarechecha can be read as will be blessed or he will bless. So the blessing is dependent on the feeling and intention of the one who blesses. This is seen in the earlier Parshiot, in which Hashem continuously stresses that the sacrifices be brought by those who are generous of heart. Rashi quotes the Midrash pointing out that in the verse, the word Emol is written with a full letter Vav. This teaches that Moshe stressed to the Kohanim, you are not to bless them with haste and confusion, but with attention and wholeheartedness. The Zohar goes a step further and says, if a Kohen does not love the people, or they do not love him, he shall not bless them. The Hebrew word for love, Ahava, has the root of the word Hav, which means to give. Love is synonymous with giving. As Nas says, how do you expect to get love if you don't show none? And as the Beatles say, the love you take is equal to the love you make. For a true blessing to be given, it must be given with love. Toldot Aron points out that we are not allowed to add to the Birkat Konim, which consists of 15 words. The numerical value of the letters Be'ahava with love equals 15. A few verses later in the parasha we read, and they will place my name on Israel and I will bless them. The word Be'ahava also hides the Havaya, the ineffable name of God, the tetragrammaton within it. Using Kabbalistic gematria, numerology, if you take Ahava and multiply it by 2 corresponding to the Bet, you get a sum equal to the total sum of the ineffable name. That name, which we now refer to as Hashem or Adonai, was only ever spoken aloud by the Kohanim in the Temple. From all this, we learn that God is always concealed and revealed within love. Blessings must contain love so that they contain God and hold the power of turning potential into spiritualized reality. I was learning Chapter 7 of Tanya in the mountains overlooking Santa Barbara with my friend Shlomi last Shavuot, and the Alter Rebbe reminded us a very powerful teaching from Chazal in the Talmud. In the place where Baalei Tshuva, penitent, stand, even the perfectly righteous cannot stand. This comes to remind us that repentance with great love, the sort that if someone is at literally the bottom and puts their full heart, faith, and love into their own redemption at the mercy of Hashem, that depth of yearning and hope the Altar Rebbe teaches that one's intentional sins become like merits for the person, since it's through those sins that the person eventually came to great love. This is the secret to replacing negative experiences and images in our mind with positive ones. It's a shift in thought, speech, and deed, and the new habits that they bring can change a person from blocking their blessings to bringing in a flow of blessings that come from alignment and a shift in being and perspective. This is why it's written, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart 
and with all your soul, and with all your might. Because we are a mirror and made in the images of Hashem, the more we connect and love our source, the more our source showers the love and blessings down upon us. The last word of the last blessing of the Birkat name is Shalom, peace, her wholeness. Peace is the vessel that contains every blessing. True Shalom, peace, is one of the hardest things to achieve. It's a culmination of perfecting so many disparate aspects within oneself, especially faith and positive perspective, until there is an inner wholeness and harmony. The Infinite One calls the entire Jewish people a kingdom of priests, which is why the ritual isn't only practiced by Kohanim, but by the parent to their child as well. The Lubavitcher Rebbe would encourage all Jews to grant blessings to their peers at every possible occasion, emphasizing how each one of us has the power to bless. When my mom passed away, I started a project in her memory called Don't Block Your Blessings. The objective is to inspire others to focus on the good, get out of their own way, and make themselves vessels for overcoming blessings. I continuously ask people all over the world to share their perspective on navigating the ups and downs of life and to share what I've dubbed cheat codes to happiness. I want us to inspire each other with the wisdom we've picked up along our journeys, how we've learned to feel blessed and giving blessings. Rabbi Peretz, who some may know from his days in Venice, participated and when he shared, articulated the essence of the project and this parasha perfectly. A blessing means to draw something into your life. It means your potential to reality needs a channel and that channel is called blessings, where we reveal what's there. Lots of people share the idea that a little bit of light takes away a lot of darkness, but they don't talk about the reason why. The reason why light overcomes darkness is not because it vanquishes darkness. It's because now you can actually see where to go. You can make the right decisions. You can put yourself in the right opportunities to succeed. The problem in this world is that we don't really know what exactly to do. We try our best, we learn from others, but we don't always know what to do. That's where blessings come in. The earliest place in Judaism that mentions blessings is where it says that those who bless shall be blessed. And that means that when you keep the light to yourself, you can't see the big picture. When you look for blessings and goodness just for yourself, it's also very difficult. Don't block your blessings means become somebody who gives blessings to other people. Be someone who shares light. And when we all know where to go, we'll find that we can never block each other's blessings. So we certainly shouldn't block our own. This pagasha ties into the light of the infinite and the Don't Block Your Blessings projects perfectly. Its focus is also on blessing with love. If you focus on others as you would yourself, then you will love yourself more and by virtue of that, become love for others. Shabbat Shalom. Dive in deeper at lightofinfinite.com.